morning, crypto. Good morning, warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got the godfather, Mr. Johnny Crypto, Billy, the chart analysis expert and the CEO of Collecti Labs, Mr. Selman G is in the building. So very excited for this episode. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we will be discussing how the institutions are here. With 2023 only four months away, we show our listeners why this is undoubtedly the year of institutional adoption. Robinhood's highly anticipated Web3 wallet is ready for beta testing as Netflix is the latest global brand to upload into the metaverse. Vitalik Buterin announces the official date for the Ethereum merge, and we have a document from HSBC stating Ripple can be the solution for global CBDCs. Crypto influencers are being called out on CNBC for promoting fraudulent projects as Google Cloud is tweeting about the Hedera network. NFT marketplace OpenSea is making changes to their crime reporting policy, while Ripple launches a new report stating that over 70% of institutions are interested in crypto payments. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platform like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So I don't know why, but I am hyped up for this episode today, Johnny Crypto. So let's just get this thing rocking and rolling. How are you feeling today, my friend? Ah, I'm feeling great. Another great day in paradise back on Abs' rear porch. It's a great view back here. It's wonderful. Great to see our brother Selman and our brother Billy. And most importantly, love to see all the warrior maniacs out here. Good morning to all you guys out there. I don't have a headache today. I'm feeling great. Don't forget to give the like button a warrior elbow drop. And can't wait to jump into it, Abs. Awesome. Let's do it, Johnny. Do me a favor and close the sliding door, please. I can get in a little bit of echo inside the house. But Mr. Selman G, (laughs) how are you feeling this morning? Thank you for coming in. Last second entry. Always great to have you on. What's on your mind, Selman? Hey, it feels like yesterday that I've been here on the show. Thank you so much. Um, good morning, good afternoon to you all, warrior maniacs. I love that word. And um, yeah, I'm super excited. It's finally Friday, right? The weather is amazing. So I hope you guys are enjoying it. We got great, great articles to cover today. So thank you so much. Billy, we used to call Johnny the shock jock of the XRP Army, but now that we got you on the show, I think you may have taken that statement and put it to yourself. How are you feeling on this Friday, my friend? Thank you for making time for us. Uh, mute button. There we go. It's easier to talk when the mic works. No, man, I'm blessed to be here. I get to hang out with you guys. I get to hang out with the family. And, you know, I've always been a little controversial, but what I never do is lie. So everything that comes out is the truth. That's awesome, Billy. And there's an article today on CNBC talking about how crypto influencers, well, they've been promoting fraudulent projects. One thing we can say about our group, we have promoted no projects. There's nobody telling us what to say. So you're getting all the authentic takes. But we're going to start this thing off the same way we always do by showing you our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. You get access to every single one of us. Selman was live last night. We've been a little inconsistent, but we're going to get back on track there. The Bitcoin fear and greed index is climbing this morning, Johnny Crypto, sitting in moderate fear at a 42. But let's check out the total coin market cap because there's some very exciting news happening in the market today. We are sitting at 1.14 trillion in total market cap. Bitcoin is 40% dominance. Ethereum is 20%. Bitcoin actually got as high as $24,000 last night. We're sitting at $23,800. Ethereum, $1,800. XRP is $0.37. ADA is $0.52. Avalanche, $28. 
We're going to scroll down to Chainlink, which is $9, and Stellar, which is $0.12 this morning. I don't even want to dive too much into what's happening in the market today, but there is a clip I do want to show our listeners. So we're going to get this thing started with a clip from Jim Cramer last night talking about where the market is today and what retail investors should be doing. We're going to let this clip play and get some comments from the group. Here we go. But I would say that, look, Coinbase, look, it's a new day. It is a new day. It's a new and day. By the way, it is a it's day in which up. we got a, 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 a non-hot CPI number and the S&P is up 1.5%. Oh, that's, that's when you buy Ethereum, right? Oh, I think that's what it the says in the Ethereum, Ethereum playbook. Well, that's when I sold some of my Ethereum. I saw this clip last night and I decided, and I'm not kidding, I did take a little bit of profit on Ethereum after seeing this clip, which is kind of funny. But Johnny Crypto, I want to kick it to you. What do you think about Jim Cramer's statements here? The fact that the markets are moving up, mainstream news is getting optimistic. What does that mean to you? You know, I was actually feeling really good about my predictions in the market that we were going to go up until the middle to end of September. And then when I saw this clip, I ain't going to lie. You know, when the king of the rat snake weasel club, Kramer, started to say, you know, that uh, Bitcoin was going to go higher. I'm, I mean, sorry, not Bitcoin, Ethereum. I felt the same thing. Like, I'm literally going to go sell today. I mean, this is I'm like, oh, shit, it's time to sell. We pretty much know. If Kramer is telling you things are going to go higher, you know it's over. Yeah, the run is probably just about maxed out. He's going to try to squeeze it out for his buddies to create liquidity so they could dump on us. But, yeah, it's it's the party might be over for, for the Ethereum run. Now, as I said yesterday, I think we're going to see you know money just flow into all the altcoins. We're going to get what I call a mini alt season baby calf run. That's what I think will happen. And I think now we'll start to see that happen. But, yeah, abs, I was depressed. I was like, damn it, the ETH run is over. I was really hoping we'd see 24, 2500. I don't think we're going to see it now. If I can make a fair prediction here, I do think that we're still going to have, we still have some leg room to go, right? I don't think that the market is going to go bearish tomorrow, but I do think that we're approaching the top. If these guys are telling retail investors that it's a good time to get in, I'd be very, very cautious. But I want to kick it to Selman. Selman, yeah. you did some amazing technical analysis on quant and other coins that have pumped throughout the months of July and August. What are you anticipating from Ethereum going forward? And what does this statement mean to you from Jim Cramer? So today I saw on Twitter a, um, another news update. So the ETH merge is planned to happen on September 15th. and um, But there could be like a, um, a time error in there. So it could happen a week before or after. So basically for me, it's buy the rumors, sell the news. And now when you see uh, Kramer also telling people to buy Ethereum, and we know Kramer is kind of like the RSW indicator for us, right? So uh, unfortunately, people are consuming the news so fast these days and we we forget and every day is a new day and it's like when kramer says something damn that must be true so um for me it's buy the rumors sell the news we are key resistance zones volume is decreasing and decreasing and decreasing on bitcoin all assets and the uh, s&p 500 is also close to reach the mother trend so basically re uh, the rejection zone and um before we break above that falling trend, um, for me, it's just buy the rumors, sell the news. Billy, I'd love to go to you next. We're talking about how the CPI is up 8.5% on a year-over-year -year basis. And that means that the average American now has to spend $460 more per month to just keep up with expenses. What do you think this indicates to you about where the market is today? A lot of people would love to be purchasing these assets, but just don't have the savings or the income. What do you? What does this mean to you? I think the 8.5 is a garbage number. And I mean, average $400 per person, man, my electric bills went up $400. My gas has went up $400. My food bill has went up $400. My, you know, premiums on insurance, even to go to the doctor has went up. So it's, it's 
just more of what we've been saying. Uh, I agree with you guys. I think we're in a kind of a mini bull trap. I think we have some 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 more volume coming in, but I think we're going to lose it ultimately. And as far as Kramer, dude, as soon as you showed me that video before you even said it, I remember talking. I was like, oh, God, I got to sell some uh, because I, 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 I think we're going to have a little pullback just because of what he talks about. But like G said, I think we're still going to hit 2000, 2200, but I still we're, we're still going to have some pullback in the market. Awesome. And we got 133 live listeners out there. If you're enjoying this content, show us some love, smash that like button. We're going to continue being the most consistent and impactful crypto group on the entire planet. And we're going to get into our first article for today as Coinbase CFO says crypto staking for institutional investors could be phenomenal in the future. A top executive at the leading U.S. crypto-based exchange form Coinbase says that staking for blue chip investors is likely to grow in popularity over the years ahead says the firm directly recently offered crypto staking for institutions will be felt further down the line rather than in the near term. But one of the things they talked about is how right now they do not offer any liquid staking for these investors. And the day that they're able to offer investors, or sorry, institutional investors liquid staking, that's when they believe we're going to get massive price appreciation from this news in the market. Johnny, we know Coinbase is biased because, well, they make money off crypto doing well. How do you feel about them being bullish on this news? So, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I, the staking thing is big. In fact, it's funny. I just got a note from, I'm in iTrust Capital. So I don't know if you guys know what that is. That's 401k plan. Or, or you can invest in crypto there. And they literally just sent me an email yesterday saying, hey, we're launching our beta test of staking. So it's really, really cool. Staking is going to be big, right? Because at the end of the day, it's it's another way for folks to basically uh, generate additional income and revenue in the space while you're holding that asset. It's kind of like the way to think about it, abs is kind of like a dividend. It makes perfect sense that they would want to have that available for institutions because just like stocks earn you money with dividend, cryptocurrencies can now earn you, uh, you know, like a, a, a proxy, if you will, of a dividend through staking. I think it's going to absolutely come. I'm super bullish. I, I like it. I'm glad to see that's happening. Awesome. And I'm just going to break down some details. So when you stake on Ethereum 2, you're locking your assets into the Ethereum merge. And then for some period of months, for some institutions, that liquidity lock, it's not ideal. And so they're interested in what's called liquid staking. Once they have liquid staking available for these assets, that institutions will be able to pool at much higher rates. And that's when we'll see a real material impact in this market. These assets, they're yet to have their largest price appreciation because the majority of money is yet to show up in this market. Selman, what does this mean to you? Um, I actually want to like address that this is a an amazing like Im imagine all these exchanges already offer staking and now that the SEC is going after Coinbase etc like literally that tells me that um there is going to be huge regulation and um I simply believe that um like this staking opportunity I don't think that there's going to be like a big fraud or something it's just a normal business model so I kind of believe that um. Coinbase is just going to have this this nice license, uh, you know, or approval by the SEC, and then they can they can expand in that field. So I'm actually super bullish on this. Thank you, Billy. I'd love to go to you next. One of the article, one of the sentences that stuck out to me in this article is it says we do see a lot of institutions holding Ethereum as an example of a stakeable asset. I do think Ethereum has been given a free pass in this market, and we're going to continue to see that from these large institutions. What does that mean to you? Are you super bullish on Ethereum and the fact that institutions are going to start massively hodling this asset? I do. I mean, that says a lot. You, you really have to follow where the institutional money is going because uh, that's that's going to be the foundation and, and the platform that they're going to be using. So that's going to tell you where everybody's going to go and what everyone's going to use. Sorry, 
my power's flickering. Uh, we can hear yeah. you. We can go hear ahead. you. Go ahead. It's pausing my end. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we're actually going to jump into our next article for today. We're showing you over 1 million crypto customers are on the wait list for Robinhood's highly anticipated Web3 wallet. This was actually pretty exciting. Typically, I have not been an advocate of Robinhood, but what they're doing here is very unique. They're actually giving the everyday consumer access to their keys. Andrew Cashflow, a member of our team, often says, not your keys, not your crypto. Well, Robinhood's following this same policy. The wallet, which will be rolled out as a standalone app, will give customers access to Web3 and allow them to manage their own crypto keys. Before we break down the details of this article, I want to kick it right back to Selman. Selman, what does this staking mean to you? And what do you think about the the 1 million customers that are ready to use Robinhood's app? So I'm I'm just curious. I, can I ask like Johnny and you all, um, who is invested in Robinhood? Because like, you know, MetaMask is big, but they can be like they are centralized. And we, we know that a couple of countries um, can actually use MetaMask. There are sanctions. And now Robinhood is also a centralized uh, exchange. And uh, maybe there are also big names involved and really like invested in uh, Robinhood and they could easily um, put sanctions on that. So it's actually like a centralized door into a decentralized platform, but they can literally uh, exclude you from that service. So this was interesting. And I know that, you know, recently, just yesterday, there was an announcement that like the U.S., one of the U.S. judges uh, say that Robinhood, you know, uh, probably has to face market manip manipulation claims, et cetera. So you see there is like um, like we're talking about a centralized exchange that has rucked a lot of retail investors. And now they're offering this kind of service. But like the question is, who are they really serving? Is it the retail investors or another like institutional investor behind the scenes? So this is, you know, maybe you guys want to answer that. Johnny, I want to address one quick comment here. Somebody said, where's Mario been all week? Believe me, Mario is in a great place right now. Somebody also asked, what's the difference between staking and liquid staking? I'm, I tried to explain that before. Regular staking, you're locking your funds up for a period of time. Liquid staking means that you can put those funds in and take them out whenever you would like. Johnny Crypto, I want to get back to the Robinhood article here. It says, big update, over 1 million customers are on the wait list for the beta testing of the Web3 wallet, and it's expected to be live for everybody at the end of this year. What does that mean to you, my friend? This is huge because what, what, what caught me by surprise when COVID happened was how many people were actually trading stocks in the marketplace. And they were all using Robinhood. Everybody and their mother was using um, Robinhood. So for me, I, it re I realized at that point, Robinhood is big. And then it, it turns out it's kind of a free service. So that's why everybody was using it. Um, the problem with Robinhood is everybody got rugged whenever there was a big pump. The Robinhood platform would crash and nobody could sell. So Robinhood's not a great platform. I personally don't like it. But what it says for crypto, because there's so many people on it and that now they're going to be exposed to this whole entire new space, this new market of crypto currency and web 3.0 i think that this is going to be big this will be this is one of the ways they're going to draw all the mass retail into it and to answer selman's question i thought it was a great question um you know there who who is who are they serving there is a um you can see uh i don't know if you guys can see the screen but there is a uh, a page out here i don't know if i can share it with you but it, it shows here yeah, so the biggest investors in Robinhood are the Vanguard Group, ARK Investments, so that's your girl, Kathy Woods, 
Nico Assets, uh, and Nico Assets again, Morgan Stanley. So you know they own all those those big companies own uh, a total of about thirty percent, twenty or thirty percent. So if you want to know who they're answering to, that's who they're answering to. Not you and me, not the little guy Selman, but once again the big boys. And we showed a tweet yesterday showing all the companies that own BlackRock and basically every single successful American company has connections to BlackRock in some way, shape, or form. We got 142 live listeners. Show us some love. Smash that like button on this Friday. We're going to continue bringing you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics. And typically these Fridays, well, they're NFT days, and we brought some NFT-related news as Netflix is launching a metaverse experience in Decentraland. The platform has just launched a new metaverse experience on Decentraland that will promote the movie called The Gray Man. So interesting. I don't know. I'm not really into this kind of stuff. But the Netflix Gray Man Metaverse Experience, the Netflix Decentraland Metaverse Experience is designed to achieve two things. First, it will be among a series of efforts to bring an immersive experience around the movie The Gray Man. And the experience is also quite interesting. Decentraland has even recreated the landscape from the film to add a touch of realness to the feeling. There's also some very exciting puzzles in The Gray Man plot. Fans and other interested people are required to use the knowledge that they have about the film to navigate through many of these mazes and winners. Well, they're going to receive very unique NFTs. Salman, I'd love to start with you as the CEO of Collecti Labs and NFT Projects. How do you feel about this news? So, guys, this is big. I mean, back at the Freedom Conference, we were exper- uh, experimenting and experiencing the VR headset by Johnny. And um, it's just unbelievable. Like what Netflix... Uh, or these kind of services uh, on the VR headset. That's crazy. And recently we were invited to a club on Decentraland as co- uh, the collective community. And it was also like really fun. It's a different environment. And now Netflix launching something, you know, or that metaverse experience, as it says, in Decentraland. That's huge. Uh, you guys know that um, multiple different um, metaverse projects like Sandbox, for example, or Everdome, Blocktopia, all of these will uh, have these kind of experiences as well. And Netflix kind of knows. Like today I watched a video how Blockbuster actually, you know, um, went bankrupt because they were not open for innovation. And Netflix right now, guys, this morning, I guess, I saw the news um, that Disney Plus has uh, now, you know, um, actually crossed or let's say um, is now number one, the number one streaming platform. Netflix dropped in terms of market cap. And uh, imagine Netflix is trying to uh, be, you know, include or integrate innovation and, and wants to be part of the metaverse as soon as possible. And this is a great step, of course. But Decentraland, in my opinion, is, you know, it was super lagging. It, they still need to innovate. But Sandbox will be great and many other metaverses. So it's just a nice experiment for, for them. It's going to be huge in the next upcoming years, guys. So get ready. Netflix is doing a great job here. Johnny, what stuck out to me about this article is we always say there's two metaverses everybody's building on, Sandbox and Decentraland. What Netflix is doing here is taking one large step into the metaverse. If they're starting off with one movie, I can only imagine that in the future, many of their most successful movies and films are going to have a metaverse experience. What do you think that can mean for the entire market? And how bullish are you on Decentraland? Because every time there's a development, it's on this blockchain. I actually bought more Decentraland, I think, last week. I'm super bullish on mana. I'm not selling any of my mana. I only I know there's a monster crash coming. Um, unless mana pops again, um, I'm not I'm not selling metaverse stuff. I, I you guys know me. My gala, my sand, and my 
my mana aren't going anywhere. I love them. I know the metaverse is coming. I know Ready Player One is coming. I know it's going to be huge. In fact, the funny thing is the other night I was scanning through Netflix to see what I wanted to watch. And the Gray Man, I think that was one of the shows up there. And, I, you know, I kind of saw the preview and I skipped past it. But now that after seeing this article, I, I didn't realize it was going to be tied to the metaverse. I'm actually going to watch that tonight. I'm, I'm literally going to watch it tonight. Now I know we're the early crypto geeks and so we're into it i'm literally gonna watch hey, it only because of the metaverse johnny you should you should definitely join our uh movie nights on friday night on discord let's we're watch hosting. that one hey let's add that. watch this movie if you add gray man to it i will be there tonight uh tonight friday why can you get yeah lost tonight's friday, friday. Yes, yeah sir. tonight's friday i get lost you know i get lost to track of time down here on abs's beautiful deck uh view here but yeah i'm definitely gonna i'll, I'll do that let's go let everybody come to collect tonight Join the watch the movie. Go to the collecting Discord and come watch the Gray Man. If uh, if you can make that happen, someone that'd be awesome. Awesome. That sounds like a lot of fun. And there's actually a plan to it to recreate scenes from the movie and bring them into Decentraland. But Netflix believes that this could be, actually help bring folks who have already seen the movie into their metaverse ran for further interactions. What they're saying is this going to this is going to be an opportunity to profit more off of the same clients that are already using their product. Someone, I'd love to have you close this out here. One of the things we know is that the film industry and the metaverse industry are separate, but clearly they can profit off one another. I'm really starting to think that imagine if there was a Star Wars metaverse. Imagine if there was a Star Trek metaverse. All of these different metaverses are going to start popping up. So this is really exciting. Why don't you close this out here? You know what I'm thinking? I believe in the next upcoming years, or let's say in the next 10 years, you're going to have that VR headset experience watching movies. But here's the thing. If you use Johnny Crypto's VR now and you use the Netflix application, you are in a beautiful room watching a like uh, literally looking at a big screen. But that's still 2D. But imagine in the next like let's say in just one decade, you're going to have that experience where all these um, artists, all these actors are pretty like all everything is going to be kind of like 3d you're going to experience it the sound is going to be 4d and that experience is going to be so cool you will have vibration all of that also included to add a little bit of you know excitement to it and it's just going to be you know netflix will ad adopt that technology it's slowly coming you see that with airpods right you have the 4d sound and it's going to come guys so get ready something big is coming netflix disney disney plus all of them will have to join this space asap and it's this is how you how like you know the predictions of the trillion like 10 11 12 trillion dollar market cap is going to be you know uh created by simply you know adopting these technologies netflix disney plus and many more all these services will come to the metaverse so it's it's a big deal it's really exciting and i think the best part is that our users get to have an advantage by knowing this is coming and hopefully they can profit off of it if you're enjoying this content show us some love smash that like button we're about to switch gears here and go into the eth gate conspiracies we're going to break this whole thing down. There's not much I can add. Listen to this minute and 23 second video. Then we're going to get some comments from the group as we expose the SEC and the Ethereum Alliance. When William Hill, who was named Director of Corporation Finance at the SEC, he fought to keep getting millions of dollars in payments from his old law firm, Simpson Thatcher. But Hinman was warned by the ethics office it would be a crime to do anything that would affect Simpson Thatcher. No meetings, no phone calls or he'd be breaking criminal law. But Hinman ignored the legal warnings. He met with Simpson Thatcher again and again. 
He met repeatedly with head of its D.C. office before and after he delivered a market-moving speech declaring the digital assets Bitcoin and Ether as not securities. When Simpson Thatcher joined the Enterprise Ethereum Alliance, a group with the sole mission to promote Ethereum, then Hinman connected with Chris Lin, a partner in the Simpson Thatcher's China office, who had IPO business before Hinman's division for a Chinese client that makes and sells Bitcoin and Ether mining equipment. Lin asked to meet with Hinman to, quote, report what is going on in China. Hinman said yes. <laughs> Did Hinman commit a crime? It's time for an investigation. Johnny Crypto, I just want to give you the floor here. The game is pretty much exposed. He was directly profiting off of promoting Ethereum and stating that Bitcoin and Ethereum were going to be given a free pass. What does that mean to you and how long until the SEC holds this man accountable? I don't know if the SEC is ever going to hold this man accountable. We know that, you know, it's the good, it's, it's you know, they're all, it's one, George Carlin said it best. It's one big club and you and I ain't in it. And he's in the club. And so, see you later, Gonzo. We love you, brother. Um, so, I don't think anything's going to happen. Nothing ever happens to the big guys. They get, get away with all this stuff. Um, you know, so, yeah, that's just how I feel. Uh, it's sad because something should happen, but it's not going to. And, you know, all the things he said, I don't know why it's taking so long for this court case. I mean, he literally came out and said, you know, th that Ethereum is not a security uh, we all know this, and so now, okay, what's the, what, what are we waiting for here, right? But this is just, this is just what the hell is going on. This is just how things work, and uh, Abs, yeah, unfortunately, I'm really, really sad to say that there's not going to be no investigation. And if there is, mark the words right now. You heard it, Johnny Crypto told you right here. Nothing happens to this man. He's gonna skate free. Selman, I'd love to hear from you next. When we talk about the Ethereum Alliance, I'd love for our listeners to figure out how they can take advantage of this information. Do you think ETHgate's around the corner and we're going to have this massive collapse because they're going to expose the corruption with Ethereum? Or do you think they're just going to be continued to give it a free pass and our users should be stacking Ethereum because they're choosing that currency to be the one that's going to be successful? I mean, I still believe Ethereum is going to do um, well, really well in the future. Um, however, um, and also to the question, um, hell yeah, they're going to get a free pass because all these big guys are involved in it and they control pretty much everything. And just, you know, imagine if they're not getting a free pass, what kind of effect, negative effect on cryptocurrency or the crypto market in general it will have. It's going to be, that would be uh, horrifying. But uh, hell yeah, they're going to get a free pass. I really believe in that. And um, so even after merge, even if XRPL, Cardano, and many other layer ones are going to take a, a big, um, you know, portion of that market share, Ethereum is going to be here. Lots of different applications build on it, and it already has become a brand. So um, people trust it. You know, it's decentralized, etc. I mean, decentralization is always like a big question also with Bitcoin. However, um, so people will believe in it and, and use it, right? There is utility, obviously. So yeah, long-term, it's still going to have a great potential. We have 175 live listeners out there. If you're enjoying this content, show us some love. Smash that like button. We're yet to dive into our XRP content for today. But Johnny Crypto, I want to pick your brand one more time. We're talking about how Ethereum has a massive advantage within this market because the banking alliance... That's what they want to be successful. And Selman brought up something important, which was the decentralization narrative. We saw the U.S. blacklist tornado cash. It shows that they can stop you from taking profits on your cryptocurrency and turning them into dollars. What does that mean for how truly centralized this market really is? 
It's not. It's just like about how free we are in America, right? It's a false sense of security. Nothing's truly decentralized. We all know that. In fact, I remember seeing something about six months ago where they're, you know, talking about Bitcoin being uh, decentralized, right? The, or the most decentralized. And yet when, when Amazon went down, I think it was Amazon's AWS server, someone went down, it took the whole Bitcoin network down. So guys, at the end of the day, um, nothing is really truly <laughs> decentralized. But it's about as good as it can be. But yeah, abs, I don't, I, I don't think it is. And, and the reality is, um, they are tied into the big banking system, and they're going to get a free pass. Billy, I'm going to ask you one thing, and that's going to be to go harder, my friend. Check out that background; that is freaking awesome. <laughs> We're talking about how Ethereum's been given a free pass. I'd, I know you missed the video, but I'd love to hear you close it out. Do you think Ethereum is inevitably going to have this massive conspiracy come to fruition and we're going to have this corruption be exposed? Or do you think Ethereum is just set to profit off of these next three or four years? No, we all know what is there. I don't think it'll be exposed. Uh, they won't let that stuff come out, at least in my opinion. It'll, it'll cause too much damage. Uh, you know which ones are chosen. And uh, it's, it's part of the ones you just you got to know what's in the game. I know I didn't get to see the video, but it, it's kind of overall the game's being played. There's nothing we can do to stop the game, control the game. We just have to understand it and get in where we can. Um, but I don't think Ethereum's going anywhere. Uh, I don't think we'll ever see those Hinman emails, just in my opinion. Uh, I, but yeah. And if there's another currency we know that's not going anywhere, that is XRP. And that's our next article for today. We've got some very bullish XRP news as Japanese banks are now incentivizing customers to use their reward system and earn XRP, Shensai Bank launches Ripple Rewards for its customers. This is a massive development, not only for the XRP space, but for the banking industry. Japan-based, I can't say this name, Japan-based bank now offers new and existing customers Ripple XRP for utilizing their services. The bank unveiled a campaign on August 10th, and, and it will run until the end of October New and existing customers can earn up to 8,000 Japanese yen or $60 worth of XRP when they conduct various services on their platform. These services include opening an account, first-time login, and making your first deposit using their bank. This is pretty exciting stuff here, but I do want to hear from our group and just get your public opinion. They're giving away free XRP. Some people may say, why are they giving away this asset that's going to be worth $589 one day? Let's start off with some, and what does this mean to you? It's a great marketing strategy, obviously, and probably they're looking in dollar terms, right? Even though we believe it's an asset, um, it's just, you know, maybe they have a marketing of, let's say, $10 million for new customers, and they're just converting it to XRP and just giving away XRP. So they are looking in dollar terms, which is normal, uh, which is very common, but it's actually a great deal. I mean, it's also a great introduction for new people that don't even know what XRP is or what cryptocurrencies are. And um, it's just a great way of showing them the real currency in this market. So I love it. Johnny, people talk about how Ethereum being given a free pass and they complain about that manipulation. But I do believe there's a day on the horizon where XRP is going to be the currency that's viewed as being a given a free pass for the banking industry. We know that regulation is going to come out and we know that lawsuit is going to end at some point. This could be a situation where XRP is one of the only regulated currencies within this market. When do you think XRP may be given a free pass to be used for on-demand liquidity? Oof. That's a that's like <laughs> that's a great question. I love throwing Johnny the hard questions. Sorry, yeah, Johnny. <laughs> thanks. Can I get a couple of the meatballs? Can I get the easy here's a ones? here's a softball for you? Softball How do you feel? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's a great question. Uh, well, first of all, you know, someone's spot on that this is just definitely a uh, a marketing thing. But more importantly, this is what I would call a uh, an airdrop, right? This is the this is the 
the the version of an uh, of an airdrop where they're basically giving these things out for free. This is subliminal programming. Whenever you start something new, the best way to get people hooked on it and get them to use it is to give it away to them for free. We used to do that. You know, I won't say the razor company we worked for, but we'd give the handle away for free with two blades and people would test them. And go, oh my God, these are great. And then they would they'd have the handle and they go buy the blades, right? Same concept here. You're, you're giving away the XRP. You're getting people familiar with what this is. You're subliminally programming them to use it. In Japan, absolutely. I've been saying this from day one. They love Ripple and XRP. They've been using it. It's going to be all over Japan. Um, and, and I think Asia as well, it's going to grow. So when will we get a free pass? XRP is not getting a free pass. Obviously, they're being sued. Uh, so it isn't going to be a free pass. And they're going to have to settle. And I think that settlement will come probably that a boy rhino. But I think uh, that that settlement will come sometime, in my personal opinion, probably next year. I think we'll probably get regulation before that happens. We may even see someone get married before we see this settlement happen. Shots fired, I guess, Selman. I think someone could get married pretty soon. I have no idea what his relationship status is, but I want to read one more quote from this article. It says, performing interbank transfers will see the customer earn up to 2,500 yen, which is about $18 cash, and the cash coupons are redeemable at the user's email, and you can exchange them for both XRP and Bitcoin. Billy, what does this say to you? Uh, this is just good marketing. It's just like anything, any new business. When you start up, you, you have an allotment of things that you're going to give out to people to test it, do the marketing analysis and see how people feel about it. Um, it's, it's just another way to bring people in. I mean, the best way to bring people in is give them free things. It's another way to introduce the market to people at a, at a very easy, simple thing. To scare people, just simple. Uh, a little nervous when people say something's for free so make sure you do your own research and, and check into everything before you go into things like that but i think it's a great idea it's great marketing awesome thank you billy we did lose connection there for a second so sorry about that for our listeners we are showing you a live tweet talking about the growth of ripple's odl services they've experienced 10x growth in just 12 months time this tweet says i believe the current odl volume is underrated since such since an increase is exponential we know Ripple had an average of $23 million per day in ODL last quarter. Well, from quarter two of 2021 to quarter two of 2022, it went from $158 million to $2.1 billion, more than 10x year-over-year -year growth. Johnny Crypto, this is a perfect example of how the SEC lawsuit may be hindering growth within the United States, but look at what Ripple's doing all around the world. How do you feel about this development here? Uh, I think we lost Johnny. I'm going to kick it to Selman instead. Selman. Yep. You, you know what? You see how like like tw the tw 2020, 2021, and now 2022 is the year, like the years or are the years for Ripple. You see like while there is a lawsuit a case going on, they are still working hard. They're literally getting all these central banks or banks and the whole market basically uh, to their side. And another great thing I just realized um you know, like maybe a couple of YouTubers, maybe, or any actor you see out there. And recently, you know, during the Oscars, you know what happened. And all these bad events are great marketing, too. All of a sudden, boom, you you uh, you get all the attention, right? And now Ripple, because of the lawsuit, et cetera, in the crypto space, everyone knows Ripple. But because of that lawsuit case, 
even in America, people definitely, definitely know who Ripple is. So that was also a great marketing for them. And institutions now know who Ripple is. And at some point they're doing research. And when they do research, they will they will certainly find out that, damn, Ripple is definitely a currency. XRP is a currency, right? So they, then it gets easier for them to actually give in and uh, collaborate or partner with Ripple. I mean, these financial institutions, right? So um, it's it's actually great. Like that lawsuit is also kind of going to be a marketing. But um, besides that, you see what Ripple is doing right now. Um, they're literally um, conquering the space. And you see it in terms of sales. Amazing. Billy, we're about to show our listeners a tweet from HSBC stating that Ripple is the solution for on-demand liquidity. But before we do that, we have a massive announcement for our listeners as next week, for the first time on Good Morning Crypto, a billionaire will be joining us. Mark Yusko is going to be in the building talking about how we can take advantage of everything going on in the economy today. He is not a crypto specialist. He's an economic specialist, which may be more valuable for what we talk about on our show and the macroeconomic effects of the market. Johnny, I know you've been a huge fan of Mark Yusko for a while. Why don't you plug our listeners right now and tell our listeners why this guest is going to be so important for our show? Oh, my God. I'm so excited about having Mark Yusko on board. I mean, this guy. So he manages a two billion dollar hedge fund at Morgan Creek Capital. And he kind of started the company and he is extremely smart, tells it like it is. He understands um, the 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 foundational element of currency and, and independence and decentralization and why it's so important to ensure that we have a free currency. So I can't wait to have him on. I can't wait to be talking about um, with him. Uh, just kind of, you know, he'll also tell you like it is. He doesn't hold back. He fits in just like the rest of us here. I like to call him the Simon Cowell of crypto. He's going to tell it like it is. You're going to hear some facts, figures, logic. He spits truth bombs out all the time. Um, about the elites. And he is, you know, in my mind, he's what we would call one of the elites, but he's not afraid to talk about what's really going on in the world. And I mean, so, when, uh, super Johnny, when, when I see his Twitter account, I see born May 9th and then kind of feel like his friends, billionaire friends, dumped the market just for him to get a nice entry into Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that may be very possible. Well, hey, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll, I'll make sure someone to ask him if his friends dumped the market for him on his birthday to see. <laughs> Get in on it. Guys, but, uh, and I do want to plug out. I want to plug another thing, Johnny. I think at the end of this month, we're going to have a guest come on the show that many people are going to be surprised by. This Yusko news is humongous, but it's not the biggest news in the month. And well, we can debate it. It probably is the biggest news in the month. But at the end of the month, we've got some historic news as well. Johnny, I'd love to hear some closing comments before we dive into our rest of our content. Well, actually, what's happening, Abs, is the reality is, you know, we're, we have a bunch of big guests coming on this month. It's been a huge month for us. It really, I think, just speaks to the success of the show and the content we're providing. Um, and the fact that, you know, I think it brings some credibility and legitimacy to the show and to the people we're bringing on. And so what we're trying to do, guys, is really help as many people as we can out there. And we're trying to sync up with other people that want to do the same. And Mark Yusko has that same intention. He Yusko, he wants to help as many people out there as well and see people uh, live with freedom. And some of the other show hosts that we have coming on, you're going to see that those guys as well, you know, again, I think just add serious credibility to the show as we are, we're growing in popularity here. And the reality is we try to just provide useful, helpful content in this space. And I think other people appreciate that and want to be part of this show to do the same. 
You're spot on, Johnny. And if you guys have enjoyed this content, do us a favor, show us some love, elbow that like button. We're going to continue with our content for today as we still have so many great stories for you guys. The Netherlands has arrested a suspect for the Canado Cash development. This was the project that was actually sanctioned in the United States, blacklisted by the U.S. government. A 29-year-old unnamed developer who is suspected of being involved in the sanctioned Tornado Cash protocol was arrested near Andrew Cashflow in Amsterdam on Friday. Tornado Cash is an Ethereum-based blockchain crypto mixing service that allows users to gain a cloak of anonymity when transferring crypto assets. The service was sanctioned by the United States government for assisting criminals in laundering stolen money. This is a massive step. And Johnny, we talked about this earlier in the week on the show, but I want to kick it to Billy. Billy, this is a new, this is a group of North Korean hackers who were using this protocol to take stolen funds and actually deposit them. Now, American investors who are abiding by the rules are being penalized. What do you think this says about how they actually use the, use control of this market or, or are grabbing control of this market? Yeah, that's, that's what it's all about is they want the control. They want to dictate everything. There's nothing that you're going to be able to hide. And when you're with regulations coming in and everything, that 99% of stuff is going to go away. They're going to start cracking down on people. There's nothing that you're going to be able to do to get away with anymore uh, when all this comes in. Because that's, that's what the number one thing is about is about power, being able to control everything that you do as far as what you spend, uh, how you act in public, how you act in social media. That's, that's what the, the whole thing is about is, is control. Um, and I do want to touch base on the ODL and, and Ripple. The fact that, like someone was saying, uh, that much ODL demand to come in under a lawsuit and all the BS that's going right now tells you everything that you need to know. This thing is primed and ready to pop. Like when it pops, it's going to be nice. Spot on. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, you know what? I didn't see that article because I got dropped there. But wow, that's incredible. That's Look at that. Great. What are those? Are those quarters? Is this the latest quarter? Is that quarterly? Yes, I believe so. So this is showing you from, this is not quarterly. This is from the beginning of 2021 to where we are in 2022 today. Wow. So yes, it is quarter. Let me, let me ask you something about when we talk about this and, and just so I can wrap my head around it, because I'm, I'm starting to look at the debt side of everything that everybody owes in the debt in order to bring us back to where we need to bring to bring the new currency in. What are, what, are you, what are your thoughts on the debt? How are we going to handle the debt? Because that's going to make it even more valuable if we do cover that debt, if they use something like this to cover that debt. That's a whole different ballgame because now we're not just talking about liquidity in the live market. We're talking about previous past debt, trillions of dollars that we have to get to in order just to get to a, a base level. Does that make sense what I'm talking about? That makes perfect sense, Johnny. I know you got some comments, but if not, you can kick it to me. I mean, that's exactly what we're talking about here is, you know, when you look at, you know, the... Cross-border payment is peanuts. Yeah. Peanuts compared to if we end up using the XRP or XRPL for handling derivatives market or debt markets, it becomes exponential. It gets huge. So what is that number? I can't really see the bar chart, but what is that last large column there? So that is $2.1 in ODL. Oh. So, so that's over 10x growth in just 12 months' time. Yeah, yeah. But and, even and that, that, like $2 billion that, is nothing. nothing. That, well, I will agree with you, uh, someone, while that is peanuts and it's small, it's nothing, you know, and that's good because think about it. It's at $2 billion and we're sitting at a $0.30 cent XRP. So imagine if that's a trillion, right? Under a lawsuit. <laughs> you could do the math. But they're, they're sitting with a lawsuit and they're growing. So when the lawsuit is gone and that growth grows, and if we go from $2 billion usage to, you know, a trillion, <laughs> That exponentially is huge growth, and that that I would assume that that's also going to then drive the demand for the coin, which then drives the price of the coin. 
Um, so I think, yeah, it's going to be very, it's very exciting. This is a very, and just so people understand, I've seen a comment, you know, and thing. how do people get to the, the four digit numbers and all these, you know, grandiose numbers. And, and that's how a lot of people get it is yeah. covering that back bet. And that's how they, they think that it, it's going to happen. So, yeah. And just to show you guys how small 2 billion in liquidity truly is right now, every day there is $5.3 trillion transferred cross border every single day. That makes this a $2 quadrillion market year over year. And we're talking about $2 billion. That is absolutely nothing. If you look at what Apple is evaluated at, Apple is a trillion dollar company. ODL is a much larger market than what Apple's doing. That's just my personal thoughts on it. Selman, I haven't heard your opinion yet. Why don't you close us out on this XRP related article? Then we'll dive into the rest of our news. No, actually not about the XRP related article, but the tornado cash article, um, which is like crazy because... Um, you know, we know that a couple months ago they actually said that um, you like even if you use Tornado Cash, uh, the government is still able to track everything back, so it has no value. And then all of a sudden now they're they're putting sanctions on that, right? And it's just it's just a mess. So um, of course hackers will find a different way to do it, um, but you know why didn't you do that months before or? years before why do you do that right now like are you so late and i i by the way like um at first um billy said that you know they want to control etc right but i disagree they just want more clar clarity here in the markets that's it i'm, I'm just kidding uh, yeah obviously it's control and so tornado cash guys there are millions other ways to you know work with other uh, protocols, et cetera. And you're going to see tomorrow there is going to be another protocol. So like putting sanctions is not the real thing. It's just more like, you know, if you want to bring regulation, you have to be active and, and do a regulation that really protects everyone, but not like talking about it months before, but like putting sanctions years later, literally it makes no sense. Like if you, if you believe that's a threat, then you should act like accordingly and fast. And what they're doing right now is just, in my opinion, it's just, uh, sad, and, this really is, sad. and this is typically how regulation works, right? What happens is there's no rules. Then somebody does something super illegal. Three, four years later, the regulation comes around and says what they did was illegal. And then they're penalized for it. And that's what we're going to see from the SEC today. Mr. Johnny Crypto holding up the 100% sign. Close us out here, my friend, because we're about to drop some Hadera news for our listeners. That's how they do it, boys. They let they steal all your money. They let all the crime happen. They take all the money, and then they put rules in place so it can't happen again after they've taken all the money. <laughs> we got it. That's hilarious. Did you make that something? Yeah, meanwhile, Johnny was talking. That's fantastic. We got the rest. That's so awesome, guys. And if you're enjoying this content, show us some love. Smash that like button. We're going to circle back to some more XRP stuff at the end of this episode. But right now, we are showing you an update from Google Cloud Services promoting Hedera Hashgraph. So the, the quote here, sorry, the tweet here is, Google Cloud provides the infrastructure and technologies that at Hedera needs to support the next generation of distributed ledger technology. Learn more about our work with Hedera and Google Cloud and Web3 below. This is an article. It's brand new. Didn't get a chance to deep dive on the article. But what we do know is that Google is part of Hedera's governing council, as well as IBM, Boeing, and several other global brands. Billy, I'd love to talk to you about the conspiracy aspect of this. Right now, they're promoting tons of currencies such as Dogecoin and Shiba Inu. When you watch these interviews with Elon Musk and Mark Cuban, nobody's talking about Hedera Hashgraph. Nobody's talking about Quant. They're not even talking about ISO compliant tokens. So what does this mean to you that Hedera is being publicly promoted by Google Cloud, even though everybody's being misdirected in this market today? Well, 
That's huge. But I mean, at some point you do have to promote the projects that you're working with. I mean, if you're trying to change your company, you got to, you got to explain how you're, you're changing your company. You damn sure ain't changing it with Shiba Inu or Doge. So I, I'm very bullish on Hedera. I've, I've loved Hedera for a long time. The fact that, you know, Google is giving a sign off. It's almost like dealing with, I know I go back to reference of mafia all the time, but it's like you have the Capones is the SEC and the Corleones is Google. And it's like the Corleones just, you know, knighted Hedera to come in the family. So, you know, forget about it. It's, it's, it's just one of those things. You go back to utility. It's amazing that they're actually starting to promote this. Um, but they, they have to at some point, because how are you going to promote that you're growing within your company and how you're growing without saying how you're doing it? Johnny, Billy brought up something very important, which is the mafia experience within this market. I'm just going to kick it to you. How do you feel about this news? I got, you know, very, very, it's a, it's a very, very touchy, close thing to the heart. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not in the mob, but he's <laughs> right. That's how it works. And they have welcomed them into the family. I love the fact that Hedera's name is being mentioned with Google. They have been initiated into the family. They've been blessed. So that that's a good thing for Hedera. That's right. Forget about it. So they're in, if they're in the family, you know, you, I want to be in that family too. I do have my bags packed with Hedera. I'm sure most of you guys do, but that is a, that's a big thing. I mean, we know that Google kind of runs the world uh, or at least from the, the search engine perspective, you need to be connected. And those guys, if they're part of their board or committee, there's a reason why they're on there. And that's, that's really a really good thing. And I just want to say someone, Love the rat snake weasel indicator. I need you to make one like kind of in the middle and one at the end and send all three of those to us because I got an idea. Absolutely. We should use that for the uh, outro. (laughs) Yeah. No, I just send it to me. I have an idea how we could use those depending on who we talk about on the show. You need to take take one of the RSI lines and just put like Gensler space on there. That's that's a board. We'll make the rat snake weasel board too, but the indicator is good. The real question is, who's going to be the good guys on the end of the Rat Snake Weasel Index? Maybe Yusko. Maybe we can put Yusko up there. Yeah. We got 181 yeah. live listeners. We're about to break down how CBDCs could be used for nefarious activities. I love that term, right? Nefarious activities. But we're going to let this clip play, talking about the global shift that's taking place now. Then kick it around the group for some comments. Here we go. You, know, you can implement it with a digital currency. This is the hidden agenda. But they got to do two things. One, roll out the CBDC, which they're doing, and, and get rid of cash. Those two things will go hand in hand. But we will end up worse than Communist China. Communist China, if you're on the bad list, you can't. Um, it's a social credit score. You can't buy a plane ticket. You can't buy a train ticket. You can't uh, pay for your kid to go to a good good school uh, because you're on the on the black yeah, list because yeah. you you did something on social media that said Xi Jinping looks like Winnie the Pooh, which he does. Uh, so. Uh, but- that's a really important part. I want to pause it there because he said that you can be penalized for just jokes. What they did is they somebody tweeted out um, a criticism of the prime minister or whoever, some politician in China, and they were actually docked on their social credit score. So it's not like you have to do something illegal to be hindered. You can just have an opinion that they disagree with and you will be doxxed. Your kids can't go to your school. You can't purchase the goods and services you'd like. We've talked about this time and time again on our show. Johnny Crypto, we're going to kick it to you and then we'll go around the group. What does this mean to you, Johnny? I love the government. I love the prime minister. I love everybody out there. Everybody's good. No, uh, you know, this is a very, very, um, this is the slippery slope that everybody's been talking about and why this is the negative side of the CBDC that everybody should be worried about. Because at the end of the day, if you end up, you know, in a situation where you, you know, do something wrong or you're on a bad score that, you know, or, 
or something like that, then the reality is what the hell happens? How do you get, how do you get your purchasing power back? Right. If you're turned off, are you put in, in the corner? Like for, you know, when your kid is bad, you pow, you slap him or maybe you put him in the corner for a timeout 10 minutes. No, no, I don't know. no, you wouldn't know that yet. You're just a baby. But so the question is, you know, do they, do they put us in a, do they put people in a timeout? And, you know, so if your credit score is low, you're kind of done for a week, you can't spend money or is it you're turned off forever. This is a very, very deep, dark and bad discussion. This is what should this is what you're going to when we talk about with Yosko. This is the concern he has, too, is, you know, at the end of the day, that's bad. And that's why these guys like Bitcoin because Bitcoin is is a complete opposite. Right. It stands for decentralization. You can't turn people off. You can't take their buying rights away. And so, you know, if you think about it, freedom goes hand in hand with CBDCs. You lose some of that freedom if you can't say something because you can no longer spend money. That's a very, very dystopian and scary world to, to, to even think about. And this is one of the things I think is so important to remember is that this market right now, it's a, it's a fallacy that it's decentralized. And I think they're pushing us towards digital assets because they're going to directly profit off knowing all of our data, monetizing that data, uh, um, advertising to us in the most efficient way possible. Billy, we know a social credit score currently exists in China today. I don't want to go too deep on this conversation because we got so much news. We got OpenSea news. We got 70% of institutions ready to enter crypto. Why don't you just close this out here and we'll start off with someone on the next article. Uh, it's just, it's, it's another form of the control. I tell people all the time, there's nothing we can do to stop this. The best thing you can do is just prepare yourself and have a plan. Uh, but in, in real world or all seriousness, man, get this right. Because everything that's happening is really going to mess with you right here. Everything that's coming up uh, without, you know, trying to scare everybody. Just just be prepared. Uh, it's, it's a very scary time just thinking about all that. So until it, it actually happens, I don't want to dread on it too much. But as, as far as me, you're going to have to figure out a decision you're going to make in your life of how far you, you know, willing to go with things. Me, myself, man. Uh, it's only conspiracy until it becomes true. We've been saying this stuff is going to be happening for a long time. Me and Johnny have talked about some things that have happened. Uh, just the, the biggest thing, just get prepared. Have a plan. Don't trip out about everything. Take it as it goes. There's nothing you can, that you can do to change it, but just be prepared for different things. So without me going totally in conspiracies and driving abs nuts today, I'll keep it at that. Awesome. Thank you, Billy. And we're going to dive into our next article. You do not drive me nuts. You teach me a lot. <laughs> But we're going to talk about a free pass, right? Everybody talks about the Ethereum free pass. Well, we're going to look at an XRP free pass that could be in the background today. HSBC knows that Bitcoin and Ethereum are not the chosen cryptocurrencies. And this is an example of that because they're talking about the solution for on-demand liquidity here. And they list Ripple XRP's ledger as providing real-time cross-border payments using tokens that represent central bank digital currencies. This is a conspiracy we've always talked about. What rails are these CBDCs going to be on? And who's going to be used as a liquidity in between a European CBDC and an American CBDC? This is a great indicator that Ripple XRP could take center stage. I said we'd start with Selman, so we are going to start right there. Selman, how do you feel about this news? But it's a very beautiful conspiracy. So um, this is it. Literally, like these banks, they they know the value of um, this new technology. They know what Ripple is doing. And please... When we're talking about cross-border uh, payments, please don't just think that it's going to be fiat money, right? Like, I mean, cash that's going to be transferred from one country to another. No, we're talking about any kind of digital ownership, tokenization, assets, right? This is huge. And if uh, if all these big co companies uh, or financial institutions, and you know, yesterday we had that nice article um, uh, by Wells Fargo, 
and it's uh, like XRP is seen as as a uh, digital currency. currency so you yep. see something big is happening and XRP Ledger is growing, guys. So get ready. They're also deep in the CBDC service. They're providing that service for many central banks. So, dude, Ripple, it's just coming. Get ready. XRP to the moon, Billy. That's as, as they say. What does that news mean to you? The fact that we always talk about, nobody talks about XRP and the real world utility is providing. Many of the banks overseas are starting to get public about the use of this information. What do you think, Billy? What, what, you know, one of the biggest things I hear from people is if XRP is so good, why is the price reflecting? It's because this utility hasn't been opened yet. You know, there's no regulations. We don't get to use it as its intended purpose yet. But when it does, that's when that's when we'll really get everything that we need. Uh, and I agree with someone. People don't understand how much it uh, is going to change the world, literally change the world and open up so much money and change lives. But, you know. There's good and bad to come with this, but I absolutely believe XRP is the one. I've said it on the show many times. People say don't marry your coins. I love my XRP. I'm married to it forever. 100%. And we got one of our loyal listeners, Dominant Doge, here saying the amount of news we've had for XRP and Ripple over the past couple months, it has been crazy. Johnny, you've been on the show pretty much every single day covering it with me. What does this say to you, my friend? You know, we know at the end of the day that there has to be a solution in the digital space of the quantum financial system to be able to handle cross-border payments. And so um, there's one solution already in existence. We know it's Ripple. We know it's out there. We know Brad's been part of the W Economic Forum. It's just shocking to me that we're so either one or two things is happening. They're doing a fantastic job of keeping this hidden that XRP is going to be the future rails of the world, or it's not going to be. <laughs> so it's the bottom line. And so, um, but I do believe it is, you know, and nonetheless, I don't think there's going to be one system to rule them all early on. I think there'll be a coexistence, as we said here. And I think Ripple's going to have a part to play in that, or I should say XRP, the ODL, uh, the distributed ledger will be part of that technology. So this is, you know, I mean, it's not surprising to me. It's exciting. We kind of know this. But what I want to see is when are we going to actually, you know, and I think we're probably a few years away before we actually really see some use cases of this stuff happening. We got some small ones in Japan. I think we even mentioned one on the show last week, but uh, we're still not there yet. We still have a long way to go. So you should not expect the Ripple price to, you know, or XRP price to be the dollar, two dollars or a hundred dollars right now because there's no utility for it yet, but it's coming. Thank you so much, Johnny. And we're going to close this thing out the same way we always do by saying thank you to each one of our special guests. Thank you to Billy. Thank you to Selman. And thank you to Johnny Crypto. Another amazing week of crypto news. We'll see you guys in about 71 hours. And if you're looking for our special guest, that is going to be Mark Yusko this Wednesday. Massive for the show. Massive for our listeners. Very excited for that content. 160 live listeners. Show us some love. Smash that like button on your way out of here. Like we always say, Warriors, guys. Nice. Shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us.